Welcome to the Cryptomaniacs Podcast. Join Taskmaster 4450 and John G. Olson each and every week as they dive into the crazy world of cryptocurrency. If you are new to crypto or you've been through a few bear markets in the past, this podcast is for you. It's time to start the show. Ladies and gentlemen, children of every age denomination on the planet, welcome to the early session of the Cryptomaniacs podcast, the Q&A session. We usually have these on Friday, but let's let's spice it up a bit. Let's have them on, uh, on Thursday this week. Uh, lots of great questions from you guys, the maniacs. I guess that's what we're branding you as. Uh, I hope that's okay. We're supposed to be the maniacs, but we'll call everyone maniacs. No? Yeah? Yeah, that works. Task, how are you doing, man? I'm doing very well. Very well. Just looking forward to our Q&A. It's one of the highlights of my week. There you go. See, folks, the more questions you ask, the more happy you make Taskmaster. Yes, and, you know, <laughs> I, I appreciate that because the wisdom and insight of our fan base just is so uplifting. Yes, absolutely. You guys make this show so much fun. And so if you're if you're new to this and you're first, you know, the first time you're listening to Crypto Maniacs, we do two shows every week. We do one on Tuesday, uh, which is basically our overview of what's going on on the blockchain and news gossip and scandal within the, the Hive ecosystem. And then, of course, we uh, we do our Friday sessions where it's a Q&A that you guys come and you ask questions, anything that's pertaining to cryptocurrency, building businesses on the blockchain, you name it. Uh, and we address that. So usually hey, hey, maybe so. if we can, I'll put out a little teaser that there's a possibility in, let's say, the first part of July, somewhere in there where we might have a couple special guests come on. So just pay pay attention for that. I'm sure John will tweet it out when it's finalized and confirmed. And if we get that and we get the, the these guests on, I think it'll make our fans very happy absolutely make me, make me very happy make me very happy too I, I, I would look forward to that there you go so stay tuned for that We've got big announcements coming up for for july shows so uh okay let's let's dive right into it lots of questions that we're on okay. chat from from everybody um loads of loads of questions so we'll, we'll definitely have a jam-packed hour here of, of your guys's questions and uh, hopefully we give you the best answers we possibly can. So first up was uh, David Armstrong. He said uh, he needs the community's input. He just got started using Ecency, and I have a question regarding their point system. Mainly, what do you do with their points? I see three options, gift, promote, and boost. Which do, which do each of these do, or what do each of these do? Have you ever used Ecency, Bunny? No, no, but I'm going to presume gift is like a tip that you give to somebody. Boost is or promote is to promote your post, and boost may be to boost somebody else's post. I don't know. I, I wouldn't know. I never used EC, EC, but I, I hear a lot of mobile users are happy with it. Yeah, it's it's a pretty solid app. I mean, I, I have it on my phone, and you know, if I'm on the road or whatever, I always I always keep up to date with it. Uh, on the previous blockchain, I was a huge user of Partico or Partico, or however you used to say it. Yeah. Um, I love that app. I met the uh, the creator of it in uh, in Poland at uh, Steamfest 3. 
really good guy and he just disappeared. I don't know what happened to him, but that was such a cool app. So uh, I was a little bummed out with the lack of mobile apps, but Essency kind of made the switch and then Dapper came out. Uh, both of them have unique features. Uh, how is that? How is Dappler? Dappler is good. It's 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 more of a it's it's not as Essency feels more refined. Like Dappler, they 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 look like they're trying new things. They're making a, a new experience for for users. But Essency is very clean, uh, very straightforward. If you use Peak D, you'll you'll know how to use Essency. Um, really really good solid app. Um, what you get with the points though, the more you use the app, the more of these points you get, which can be traded in house for gifting, promoting, boosting your content, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So if you're boosting it, it's like, it's a, it's a boost to keep the post in front of people long-term. Mm -hmm. um, but you get these points from using the app more. So it's a game gamified system within the app, uh, yeah. which is, which is great. Fantastic. I mean, if you reblog something, they call it reblogging. Um, rehiving, if you want, uh, you get points for that. If you make a comment, you get points for that. If you make a post, you get points for that. If you comment on a post, you get points for that. So everything you do within the uh, within the app, you get these decency points, which can be exchanged uh, for uh, gifts and promotion tools and little boosting of your content, etc. So really cool system. Uh, I'm definitely a user of it. Uh, I, I recommend both of them, though. There's not one I prefer over the other. I think they both are have plus and minuses, but uh, really solid app and uh, really easy to use for user user experience. So there you go. Hope that answers the question, sir. Uh, Lisa's up. She said, I was going to change my keys since I have never done it. They are still the same keys that I had from the blockchain whose name shall not be mentioned before we were on Hive. I am guessing that since I have waited this long, it might be a good idea to wait for the current hard fork is completed. Will it mess it up to do it now? I would wait till the hard fork. There, there's been problems with the nodes already. Yeah. And from what I've read that um, they're up, upgrading some of the nodes in preparation for a hard fork. So at this point, I would hold off on anything major other than your just typical day-to-day -day stuff uh, until you uh, are safely past the hard fork. And that would include, you know, if you're buying Hive and, and gonna, you know, bring in Fiat and buy some Hive or bring in a lot of Hive from an exchange, it's probably not a big deal, but you just may wanna wait another week or two just to, to make sure we get by this. It's it's. Hard forks, we don't know really what's going to happen because we haven't had too many with this core development team. So right. uh, we know under Steam It Inc.'s reign, the hard forks were a total nightmare. And hopefully we don't have that. But, you know, it, it, this is software. Uh, they, they can run test nets, block trades, and, and all the other people involved in this. They can run all the test nets they want. And it, with software, till you go live, you really don't know what you're going to get. That that's when bugs crop up, things go a little wonky. Um, but I do understand they were upgrading and, and and working on the the nodes ahead of this. So obviously they have some inclination of of what they're going to be in 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 stock for in store for. So that my my answer is just hold off on anything major till 
we're clear of the hard fork. And you'll know after a few days, people start talking if there's issues that they get cleared up or right, if there's right. no issues, then everything's good to go. Yep. Yeah, that, that would definitely be my, my suggestion as well. Uh, give it a couple of days, at least until you hear peace and calm in the streets, um, just to give it some time. Because like we know, and like you said, Tass, this is kind of, you know, not, we don't have a lot of experience with this dev team compared to what Steam and Inc. did, but that was just nightmares because it would be sometimes it was, I, I heard before I got on the change, there was, there was once there, there was the hard fork, I think it was like 16 or 17 or something that they couldn't use the blockchain for a month. Um, wow. I didn't yeah, hear that. A disaster. So just, yeah, I, I give we it had, We time. had one. How long was it out? It was out a few days. It was a week. Of. Remember when it went took Was everyone's it? took everyone's mana down to zero or something, their resource credits to zero. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And it took like a week to get everybody back to normal. Yeah. But but there was also one where it was literally down for like three days. I mean, not only, yeah, you mentioned that, but there was no one where you go and you get a 504 error or whatever. Right. Yeah. 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 Everything was down. Just be prepared. <laughs> so you never know with these things. Hope that answers the question, Lisa. Uh, Edric said, my question would be, are we entering a stabilization in the market again? And can we enter the bull market again? Um, John, John's moving. So his crystal ball's packed up in a box right now. And mine's out at the cleaner. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, my... I don't know. I mean, we've had a major pullback. I don't think we're we're at it was a reversal. I don't think we're going to be at the start of a bear. Could we go lower? Yes. I mean, are we stabilizing a little bit? Yes. But does that mean that we won't have another leg or two down? I, I won't say that. I mean, we could push 20K on on Bitcoin. I don't think we'll push 10. Some people have surmised yeah. 10. But I think we I mean, we could push 20. I mean, you could see that in the card. So uh, it is down where it was. So this here's a suggestion uh, of, of, of buy, asset buying, of accumulation. Whatever you're going to buy, break up into three pieces. Buy now. If it goes down, buy another third. If it goes down more than that, buy the final third. If you buy now and it goes up, use your second third. And if it goes up from there, use your third uh you know just break it up so you can cover and and put the percentages dollar cost average whatever you want to call it in your favor uh, yeah for sure um but i'll definitely get my crystal ball out next week and we'll, we'll see how we're doing next week but yeah make sure make sure you send it to the cleaners first because mine may be delayed i don't know yeah hope they don't drop it yeah then they have to send it out to get repaired then bring it back and clean it again and you know yeah. These people want to know what's going to happen with Bitcoin. I mean, we got to have an answer. Well, absolutely. And it, actually, here's a, a follow-up to this. Uh, David again comes back, and he wanted to know, with China's actions to shut down the miners and limit crypto transactions and activity in their country, how do you see this impacting crypto as a whole? And are there other countries that are trying to limit crypto as well? Well, I, I think what it, it does... China is in a unique position because they are so far ahead and they are rolling out or very close to rolling out on a, a bigger scale CBD, uh, CBDC. Right. So most of the other countries are 
still looking at. I, if I'm not mistaken, there might be one other country that has even trialed their own CBDC. Everybody else, including the United States, the United States is still talking about talking about taking a look at it. Right. So they're in that position. Um, they also have a very authoritative regime, which you know, China gets a bad rap for that because they're not the only one. I mean, the U.S. government isn't too kind and friendly either. Mm -hmm. uh, so the, the, they have the ability to get things done in China that a lot of other countries don't. I think the hash rate is going to be no big deal long term. It'll be a minor hiccup, but there's already like, I don't know how many tons of mining equipment that one company was shut down last week in China and was putting on a ship or a plane and ship into the US right. to set up in, in Maryland. So, and I'm sure they're going to Norway, they're going to all over the place. Maybe some will go to El Salvador. So the hash rate, I don't worry about. That part of shutting down crypto transactions in China, I think what that pertained to was the fact that the Chinese said, or the third biggest bank in China said, we're not gonna deal with anybody who deals with crypto. Mm -hmm. um, they obviously can't shut down Bitcoin transactions in China because Bitcoin transactions take place on the Bitcoin network and miners are all over the world. So just to clarify that, but I, I think that was in regards to that. I would say, yes, there are going to be other countries that try to uh, do this because this is a threat to the power of the establishment. But at the same time, you're going to see countries like El Salvador, or Paraguay, or other countries, maybe even larger, who see an opportunity here who say, wait a second, we can pull all this business into our country. Mm -hmm. We can start to get money flowing in. You know, we can all of a sudden join this international community when we're basically sanctioned from joining the international community uh, through the banking system. That's why Iran got into Bitcoin and Bitcoin mining, because, you know, basically they were locked out of the, the SWIFT network. So I think it's just going to be an ebb and flow of, you know, certain countries do, certain countries don't. And I, just to try to play a little political forecaster here for what that's worth, if China's taking hardcore stance against cryptocurrency and Bitcoin, I don't see how the United States doesn't take the other side of the fence and say, we can't take a hardcore stance because China is. Because if they do, people will start screaming, what are you, China? Well, you know? it's, it's interesting you mentioned that because this was trending this morning. I think it was on Twitter. Uh, the front runner for the New York uh, mayor uh, made this big comment today about how he wants to make New York City the center for all of Bitcoin. Like, and this is, this is a political guy who's obviously, yeah, apparently he's front running too. Like he's going to probably be elected and he's, you know, going around saying the biggest, you know, city in, in America is, is going to be the center of Bitcoin. It's like, well, and, and that's one thing, I, I guess you guys have it up there in, in Canada, you call them provinces, we call them states. Mm -hmm. But you have your federal, your Canadian government, the feds, or yeah. whatever you call them, and then you have your different provinces, and then below that, your different local, municipal, whatever you, you, you term them. And when, 
the one who always got the news down here was Mayor Suarez, uh, the mayor of Miami, another right. good sized city. Yeah. And he, he, he wants Miami to hold Bitcoin in its treasury. That hasn't been approved yet, as far as I understand. But he's appealing to uh, Chinese miners. He, he got a company to move out of New York uh, to, to uh, Miami to relocate. So he's trying to do it. We have the state of Wyoming and uh, a couple other states that have gotten very aggressive in their right. crypto regulation. Texas is instilled stuff to, to get aggressive. And why I think this is important is none of them can override the federal government. And in the United States, I'm sure you have the same thing up in Canada there. We have federal laws and things that are illegal according to the feds, but things that are legal at the state level, like pot. Some states, pot is legal for medical use. Other states, a few have for uh, personal consumption. But pot is illegal according to the federal government. So we have these different laws that we live under. And with cryptocurrency, it's like, well, we, we don't have a, a federal government and administration that looks like it's favorable to crypto. So the more of these little governments, the states and municipalities and cities, and like you said, if we get a new mayor in, in New York City, who his goal is his or her, I don't even know who it is, uh, is to make cryptocurrency or Bitcoin, New York, the center of the Bitcoin world. I mean, you know, if the Fed start playing hardball, to me, there's some advocates for us because the mayor of Miami, the mayor of New York, the governor of Wyoming, the governor of Texas, they're all going right. to be screaming bloody murder. Uh, it may not mean anything in the end, but at least it's it's allies. So the geopolitical uh, stuff of surrounding this, I mean, we've seen Malta, we've seen Estonia, we saw El Salvador, we get rumors of other countries, uh, you know, South Korea goes back and forth. Then you have India and Nigeria that, you know, they're bipolar as hell. One day they're for crypto, the next day yeah. they hate crypto. So they don't know what the hell to do. Um, you know, the U.S. government is just going in circles on it, to be honest with you. So, you know, the U.S. government, the one thing that hasn't changed with the U.S. government about it is they look at Bitcoin and all of this stuff as a digital asset. Yeah. That's what they've termed it. It's not money. It's not currency. It's it's a digital asset. Thus, it's a taxable event, but it's a digital asset. And there's no reason to outlaw it. It's just a digital asset. Like, no problem. It, it, it's like owning, you know, a, a website, johnsmith.com. That's a digital asset. So um, I, I think the geopolitics surrounding this stuff is interesting in terms of the back and forth race that'll be taking place. And they, they say, you know, we sometimes end up with strange bedfellows. I, I think that's the case where, you know, you, you get in these countries and these municipalities and these different governments that they all have differing views. And it's just interesting to say, I don't care who the hell's on our side, just get people on our side. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting how, um... How, how is Canada? What's coming out of Canada in terms of your different regional governments or the, the Fed? Do they say anything? I haven't heard anything about what's going on there. They're, it's, they, they're like Switzerland, man. They like, they're just like so neutral. It's like there's no laws against it, but there's no like yay for it either. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like it's very neutral. Um, 
it's got That's a lot more thing. relaxed, but I, 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 you know, this, I mean, get me going on the government in Canada here. Uh, well, no, I'm not trying to draw you into a, a political. No, 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 discussion. no, it's fine. It's fine. It's just I'm wondering. I haven't heard anything, and it's not surprising. You know, Canada doesn't, you know, tend to take sides on anything. They don't rock the boat until yeah. the United States turns around and says you'll vote this way because, yeah. you know, if not, we'll just like close our border or some shit. Exactly, we'll nuke you. You know, that usually gets us in line pretty quick. So yeah. <laughs> well, actually, we, we just threatened to cut you off from our economy because you've hitched your, your wagon to it. Smartly so. I mean, why wouldn't you? You're geographically right there and you're next to the biggest economy in the world. Fuck, just, just yeah. hook your wagon to it and ride ride the waves. Strap in and go for the ride. See where why this not? goes. <laughs> you know. Yeah, man. Cool. So good, good question, David. Thank you for that. So Chim said, I've just written a post about something interesting that will come with Hard Fork 25 in addition to the recurring payments. The linear rewards curve will allow for upvoting of comments without losing curation rewards. I think this will allow new viewers to, users to grow organically by engaging and commenting and might change a lot of things on Hive. Do you guys share this belief? Yes, I do. Um, I don't, uh, my question is, and, and I don't know if, if Shim is on uh, Vim, but uh, I don't know if this is getting rid of the dusting. I don't know if the hard fork's getting rid of the dusting, which the linear reward curve will make it beneficial to upvote comments with your hive power. However, if you don't have enough high power uh, to make the vote above, what is it, 0.02 hive, I think is, yeah. is the minimum. Uh, or if that comment doesn't get 0.02 hive, then it's dusted, it's just back in the reward pool and the commenter gets nothing. And of course the curator gets nothing. So um, I don't know if that is going away, but it is very encouraging that this should hopefully encourage larger accounts to support comments and upvote comments. And hopefully in that, that in turn will create more comments. I, I agree. I think that um, the lifeblood of a real, like, again, this is going back to being a content creator for years and years and years. Money is great. Upvotes are fine, whatever, whatever. And back in the day, we didn't have upvotes. We just had the biggest currency of a content creator. And what we wanted was comments. We wanted engagement. That was our currency. That's how we knew we had created something of value for our readers. If we got an engaged community, if we got a bunch of comments, if we even got debates and arguments about what we posted, that was what we were after. And I think that something happened. Obviously there's, there's, you know, there's amazing content creators and amazing people that are fired up on Hive to comment all the time. I mean, Leo Market Talk is a perfect example of that. Uh, there's the culture of commenting. But it, there's something happened, right, with the last kind of the way we did the rewards curve, where that just kind of got pushed aside. And I think that if we want to talk about how we are long form content and the glorious Pulitzer Prize winning articles and stuff like that, if you have zero comments after a 5,000 word post, you did something wrong. Um, I think that this will help spur the conversation. And uh, it's a good thing, for sure. I, I believe so. The only question I have is that dusting and yeah. if that, that's still in place, that's unfortunate, but 
uh, there's a reason for it. I don't know why, why it is, but there's a reason for it. Yep. Um, so Rice has got a whole bunch of little questions, market-related ones, so uh, price stuff again. Uh, let's <laughs> We'll dive into this and see. Um, well, but maybe we should, maybe I should write on my forehead, ignore price. Yeah, I know. Yeah. You know. Um, well, I guess a lot of these we've kind of gone over before, but I'll, I'll go through them anyways, just, just so we, we, we address them. Um, he wants to know, is it, is it possible for Hive to keep falling after such a large drop that it had? That was yes. part one. Yes, absolutely. Um, how long do you think that crypto will keep falling? Who knows? First of all, no idea. <laughs> um, could it be that if Bitcoin goes up, all currencies go up? Sadly, that's usually great chance. Things. Yep. <laughs> Doge and Shiba memcoins have, do they have possibility in this market? I'm not familiar with either. Ma of them. Mania can spur on anything. So it's possible. I mean, it's. Yeah. I wouldn't bet on long-term value on either of them, but I mean, you know, the, the network effect on them could be incredible. Yeah. And I guess uh, the big, the wrap up question here for, for him, he had, obviously had, he had a whole bunch, but the big one was, is it still worth it to invest in cryptocurrency? And I think that this comes back to the big reason why you're even in this. Like if you're in this to try to make a buck in 20 minutes or less, you're going to have a miserable time. Maybe you're into day trading. Maybe you understand all that stuff, whatever. This is why it's really important to, to bet on use case and community and development, right? Develop, they all kind of go hand in hand. If you are involved in a community that's crypto-based community that has strong development, like Task always says, development is key, but also you see a, a passionate community that's engaged with it, price is just a bonus. If it goes up, it's like, yay. But guess what? We've talked about this before. If Hive goes to 10 cents, 5 cents, I'm still going to be using it. Sure, Task is still going to be using it because the development is there and the community is there. And if you have that, price is so irrelevant. But I think we're beating a dead. We're we are uh, we're, we're preaching to the choir here to each other, right? Isn't this where we need to argue about who loves Hive more right now? <laughs> we're we're we're, we're going to argue who who looks at price less. <laughs> I don't look at price till 1 p.m. in the afternoon. Oh, yeah, I don't look at it till 2.30. Oh. And I get up at 5 a.m. So I'm up seven and eight and a half hours before I look at price. No, I don't even look at price in the morning. I, I get up, I write my first post. I, I couldn't tell you what the hell the price is doing. I, I don't yeah. care. Um, I, I'm not selling Hive. I'm, I'm not moving it. I mean, it, it's... You know where the price is now or next week or next month you know sure i like it to go up because everybody feels better but at the right. end of the day i don't need the market to validate to me what's going on because i know the market is a bunch of lunatics they're crazy <laughs> the market is insane yeah you know and the market ran doge up to number what four on the it's like the 67 answer. cents or something like that. you know for doge it, it, it's like you know what the hell does the market know so, I mean, it, you know, don't bet against the market. Don't tell the market it's wrong because the market will take all your damn money. It, yeah. It'll drain your trading account very quickly. Um, but again, if, if you're looking for, if you're looking to the market to tell you what good projects are, you're going to be led astray. And anybody who went through the dot-com bubble 
knows that the market told the world these are quality stocks these are quality companies these are these are this is where the the the, the future is and they went to zero yeah you know evan became nothing you know google or no not google yahoo was 475 bucks a share a share right uh you know i i bet verizon paid 47 cents for it um you know it, it's mm. just this is the stuff that if you understand and you watch the markets long enough, look at lumber. Go look at a lumber chart right now. Lumber went from four hundred or or two hundred dollars for a thousand board feet to seventeen hundred, and in the last thirty days, it's dropped down to under nine hundred. Yeah. So. When was the market right and when was it insane? Was it right at 200? Was it right at 1750? Obviously not because it's now at 900 and you're gonna say, oh, I'm depressed because lumber's down under $900. Well, it's up from 200 bucks. What are you complaining about? It's so obviously the might, the, and yes, there are problems in the lumber market with supply, but it's obvious the market went insane and, and went over exuberant. Yeah. And markets can do the same thing on the downside. And are we done? Could Hive go to 10 cents? Could Bitcoin go to 20,000 or 15,000? Could Ethereum go to, to 1,200? Yes, all of that could happen. I'm not going to say it's not. Yeah. But, you know, we do what we do each day because every day your wallet and my wallet in Hive, in CTP, in Leo, is getting in Cobb even is getting thicker and thicker. It may be worth less in USD, yeah. But you know what? It may be worth less in in the uh, Venezuelan Bolivar too. Well, actually, it's probably worth more than that because that just keeps crashing. But you know, it's worth less in pay, in Mexican pesos. I yeah. don't care about Mexican pesos. So what's the difference? Yeah. I do care about U.S. dollars, but, you know, I'm not selling. So what's the difference? My my hive is is more hive today than I had yesterday. OK, if it's worth less in USD than it was yesterday. Well, I don't even look at that line on my uh, PT wallet anyway. So, yeah. you know, at some point it'll be important to me. But look at the end of my post 2025. Maybe it'll be important then, but not until. Yeah, long term is definitely needed. And I think it's a smart play, too. So. Thank you for the question, sir. Uh, Jimmy Adamez says, some of us are in on the blockchain, crypto hive, et cetera, but for a person outside looking in, what is the one thing you would tell a possible skeptic that would entice them to at least give it a look without a salesy tone? So don't try to pitch them on it. I'm asking solely on the current dip because that is maybe what they point to. So what would you say to someone? Um, that's well, getting into this for the first time. I mean, uh, it's to be honest with you, I'd, I'd answer this through the metaverse. I I'd just say, listen, if you understand the metaverse and you understand where things are going with the internet and technology and Web 3.0 and gaming and development, blockchain and cryptocurrency is a part of it because cryptocurrency is you know, cryptocurrency in its fungible form and non-fungible form is designed for transactions in the digital world and ownership in the digital world. Right. Um, 
So to think that this is just a fad is mistaken. Now to try to pitch it from the pullback in the token, you know, then you got to try to sell them on the token or the idea of tokens and this is an investment. And I don't think that's where our future is, is selling people on this as an investment. I think the idea is this is where things are going. So if you're going to be using this stuff at some point when you play games, if you're yeah. a gamer, you're going to be using this stuff to transact at some point. If you're involved in social media, you're going to be involved in this at some point. It's just a matter of when. And that's how I think you you get people to at least start looking and if they don't want to look, which most of them probably won't, it's like, okay, well, they're going to need to get some more reference points from articles and, and videos made about virtual technology, virtual reality, augmented reality, the metaverse, gaming, all this other stuff. And then down the road, maybe they'll start to, to put the pieces together. But it's not an easy sell, if to use the term, uh, you know, especially from the financial perspective, because then yeah. then you're 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 trying to sell somebody that the price is going up, and like we've said, it might go to back down for. I mean, hell, I could be totally wrong, and we could be entering a two-year bear market. I don't know. Yeah. And if we are, what does that do to that person who buys today? And we go down another 40, 50, 60 percent from here for two years, yeah. and it's possible. Not probable, in my opinion, but it is possible. Yeah. Yeah, I think again it goes back to if you're betting on the on the technology and what it can do to the world, that's the better angle than you know trying to get someone attached to the price because it's it's I, I, it's funny because the first training we ever did was this program we created called Bitcoin Bully, and that was the disclaimer video. When someone joined, they had to watch this video first, and I said I'm going to make a guarantee with you guys. This is the guarantee if you're getting this is back in 2017. I'm like this is the guarantee. The price of Bitcoin will go up and I guarantee you the price of Bitcoin will go down. Whether it goes up or down for any amount of time, I have no idea, but it will go up and it will go down. That's the guarantee. So if you if you approach it that way, I think you, you, you separate from price. And I know that's hard. A lot of people are stuck on, oh, what's it worth price wise, but you got to look big picture. And I totally agree with you, man. Big picture, big book. One of the best books I ever read on, it was called Blockchain Revolution by uh, Don Tapscott. And that's when I first discovered what a smart contract was. And he put the example of autonomous vehicles creating smart contracts for themselves and building their own business where the autonomous vehicle is the business and it's running itself. It goes to the gas station, fills itself up. It sees that it needs repairs. It drives itself to the, to the auto body shop. It takes care of all the finances, takes care of it. When I got that, uh, I was like, okay, I got to get into this because I want to own a couple of those things. But it'll get to the point where the smart contracts will be fulfilled by the by the cars that will buy themselves off the owner. And so they own themselves, which is, anyways, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and what happens when we do that with energy systems? Right. You know, what happens when I can buy a token in the energy system of your house and the excess energy that your home produces and sells back to the grid? You know, I mean, it's just if you think automation is coming, which it is coming, uh, it's it's here, it's happening. You know, then you start to look at all the, you know, what happens when you have self-creating worlds in the, in the metaverse and, right, and yeah. VR worlds that AI programs just write? and you own a piece of it and it just writes this and creates this world that 
people are visiting and all these transactions. So yeah, when you start to go into that type of stuff and understand how smart contracts and, and blockchains and digital, digital ownership and wallets and how all of this pieces together, Correct. I mean, the, 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 that ownership document of that auto, autonomous vehicle division is not going to be um, filed with your local mun municipality. Right. Yeah. And yeah. that's not going to happen. You're not going to see that that document filed with, with the county or the, the province clerk. It, mm -hmm. It's just not going to happen. So, you know, that's where right. bigger picture getting into the futurist stuff. It helps you link a lot of this stuff together or at least ask the question saying, if this is where we're going, where does this crypto stuff fit? Well, it fits very well if you read a book like you just mentioned, which I haven't read it, by the way. Yeah, it's really good. I've read it. It came out, I think, 2016, but I read it in 2017. It was really, really good. Blockchain Revolution by Don Tapscott. Cool. Thank you for the question, Jimmy. Uh, next up is Mr. C said, my question is, what kind of opportunities miners have when they get shut down in general? Like which countries could they go to and what countries are the most crypto friendly ones? Uh, and then uh, following it up. Price question. <laughs> also, would we be would also I would be interested how much you guys think it will affect the Bitcoin price network now and in the future uh, for miners getting shut down and what countries do you think are friendly to it? I, I forget where they said that all of them are looking at uh, dispersing to. Uh, a couple of the Eastern European countries I think are targets because they're crypto friendly. Mm -hmm. uh, and they have renewable energy. I guess they have a lot of uh, hydro energy or something like that. Texas has been talked about. Maryland's been talked about. So the United States is on the list. Uh, we know the president of El Salvador was trying to throw his hat in the ring. Um, Norway was a destination. I don't know if they still are because I've read reports or articles and I don't know how accurate they are. They may just be FUD where people are saying, claiming that, well, maybe the Norwegians will shut down the miners because there's a strain on their energy network. I, I right. don't know if that's true or, or not. Um, you know, I would, I would say areas that uh, are, have reliable energy systems, preferably renewable because that brings the cost down. Uh, colder areas can do very well because obviously uh, miners are computers. And if if you want to keep them cool, if you're up far enough north, you open up the window nine months out of the year and there's your cooling system. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it, I think they'll spread out and they'll, they'll go to a, a lot of different countries. I think the U.S. will pick up a lot, it's lion share, the lion share of that, but there will be other countries, maybe even Western Europe. I don't know where they stand. I haven't heard much in their mining realm. Mm. Um, and the effect on price, if, if the price is dropping because of hash rate, which I'm, I'm not saying it is, but if you buy into that, the hash rate will go back up. So I, I believe firmly that within a few months, these miners will get back online. The hash rate will be back to where it was before, if not higher. And if they, there's that correlation, then the Bitcoin price will go up. If that's the correlation that sent it down, which I'm not arguing that it was, mm -hmm. I think there's just a lot of market manipulation right now, personally. Yep, for sure. 
Hope that answers the question, sir. Um, Unorg militia. This is uh, this is an interesting question. This has got to do more with uh, online entrepreneurship, but building on blockchain. So this is this will be interesting. So he says, would it be considered online entrepreneurship if I wanted to use the Hive blockchain and Hive Pay to operate a company that exists in the real world? I want to start a landscaping business. I want to be paid in HBD and house the online portion of my business on Hive. So the question would be, who would help a layman like me build a tokenized front end? There are so many times where I tell someone or a group of people that they can do this for themselves, but hardly any of them are programmers. And when people claim that a person can easily spin it up a front end, but can't seem to find the info or the right people to make this as easy as it was claimed. Um, I'll give you my answer. Um, you there's there's options i mean the the front end options on something like hive engine are there so you'd pay for nitrous and but it's it's buggy man i mean like the front end stuff that you get out of the box from hive engine is is a pain in the butt um there's like the guy that created it doesn't really keep up it to date with anything it's just kind of there to be brutally honest with you, you would need to, if you want to do it right, it can be done, but you would need to hire a programmer. You would have to get a developer that is familiar with the blockchain. And But that's what's really cool about Hive is that it's pretty easy for programmers. I'm saying it's easy, not for guys like you and me, because I'm, I'm a layman too when it comes to this stuff. I just bang things on computer screens and hopefully they come out. Um, but the... The, the best route and I think the safest route and most efficient route is to go get an expert partner with them share with them your business plan you can go and hire someone but you're going to get hired help work um I would I would look to partner um because a developer in this is needed to keep like look look at look at Splinterlands for example I mean Agro is not the is not the developer he's the front man he's the he's the guy that dances on camera for people um matt is the is the the whiz and they have a really good partnership because they've got the guy who does the marketing and the front end stuff and then they've got the guy who's doing the development so you can build anything on hive i think it's it's great fantastic to build businesses on hive i just think that if you want to do it like build your own front end and get it all really integrated you're going to need a developer that's my answer. Well, what, what it sounds like to me, and, and I'm not going to disagree with that. I, I think you need somebody to design a website, but it sounds like this individual is just looking at using Hive as a payment system and, and yeah. you know, a, a little bit, maybe post some things on, on the website that filter through to Hive. And in that case, I mean, you, you, you just build the website and you only need Hive pay to, to integrate in. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, well, I guess HiPay doesn't have HPD uh, written into the script yet, but that'll be done, you know, in a, yeah, it's coming three weeks to a month. So yeah. you, you just need to integrate uh, HiPay into your website. So you just need to, to build, find a website developer, which from what I understand, as John just said, this is Hive allows people with basic website building skills to integrate in. They don't need to be C++. Right. So uh, in that regard, you simply go and get a website built and integrate high pay the same way, I guess you would PayPal. And yep. then you just have to keep up updating the website and 
you put all your landscaping uh, photos and work and, and, and call for quote and all that other stuff in there. Um, you know, now I don't know about the prospects of being paid in Hive or HBD. Um, you know, I mean, that's, you're, you're forcing your customers to, to adopt a payment method, a, a payment currency they're not familiar with, but if it works, it's, it's great. But I, I don't, you know, I, I don't know how many businesses out there could say, okay, uh, by the way, here's your quote. And by the way, I only get paid in HBD. And what? Well, that's, that's why we created before HivePay, we have this thing called FirePay. And FirePay's original model was to give people the option. They could either pay with their credit card or they could pay through cryptocurrency. Can, which, can you use credit card in HivePay? Um, not HivePay, but FirePay. So we have FirePay and HivePay, but FirePay is going to get rebuilt and we're redoing it so that the credit card processing will be completely separate. And then we're going to integrate things like Coinbase uh, Commerce, things like that. So people will have the option if they want to pay with Bitcoin. But HivePay is strictly for, for Hive and Hive engine tokens. So oh, wow. yeah, but we it's full APIs are there. Uh, you just, just like you said, you, you copy and paste the code, just like PayPal and you put it in. Uh, IPN work might require some work if you if you need to build it yourself, but that is a developer could do that pretty affordable. I don't think that's massive amounts of money to get that done. So um, I was more looking at the question about the front end stuff, but you're right, you're bang on task. I mean, you could literally copy and paste the code on HivePay, put it on a WordPress blog, even put WooCommerce, which we have the plugin on, on HivePay for you to use that. You can put the EXXP app on it. Now you're posting to the blockchain. You can post your work, et cetera, et cetera. And then you got a big fat pay now with Hive Pay button on the bottom of it. You know, so hope that helps, man. It's a good question. I always love talking business. Uh, and finally, we got one last question here. This is pretty cool to have everyone kind of come out. And uh, I, I love when there's all these different questions. Um, Tom Aliente says, the big question on my mind lately is how to best utilize cryptocurrency to sell music and art on the blockchain. I think that cryptos can have a huge influence on the music industry. What do you think? And it's funny because he met with me. He's part of my little uh, inner circle mentoring group that we meet every Wednesday night. And we brought this up. Me and him actually talked about this last night. But I'll, I'll see where your mind's at, Task. What do you think? How, how do you think people should approach promoting their music or, or building a brand through music on, on a blockchain? Well, I, I think it's music is content creation. So I, I don't think the medium changes much, whether it's music, whether it's video, whether it's articles, uh, you're still, as you said, branding yourself. Right. And so thus I would surmise, and this is just off the top of my bald head, uh, I would surmise that basic branding and business building skills are important. Cryptocurrency is really not relevant in that sense because it's still doing the same things. You still got to network. You still have to market. You still have to produce the music and, and reach out to your fan base and interact with your fan base and, and try to get people to download your songs and, and things of that nature. Now, where I think crypto can be extremely helpful is first off, as we were talking about with digital assets for the metaverse in, in the, how do you get a, uh, a skeptic interested or, or looking at this, 
NFTs are very interesting or will be very interesting with music because, you know, you have people who with music, you have the copywriter, uh, the person who wrote the song, you have maybe people who, who work the, the, what do they call it, the panel uh, for, for, for creating the song, although with, with digital tools these days, you, you don't have a lot of that because people aren't doing this stuff in studios anymore. But then you have singers and you have different members. And, and we know- Publishing. <laughs> What's that? Don't forget publishers. They want their cut too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, so, you know, the, everybody talks about the middlemen when it comes to the financial industry. You know, the middlemen when it comes to the music industry make make the people in the financial industry look like a bunch of choir boys because yeah, look like saints compared to the yeah. yeah. I mean, the music yeah. industry is is just it's awful. So I think from that regard, crypto and, and NFTs and and programmable NFTs that anything that's paid on this twenty percent goes to that person and thirty percent goes to that person. I think is a major boom. I think the ability to um, have your music download like off a website and use like a hive pay as opposed to a PayPal, which is going to take, you know, three, 4%, mm -hmm. uh, especially in music. If you're doing something like 99 cent downloads and things of that nature, because you're going for the volume and, and whatnot, or you get some type of recurrent subscription where, you know, every month you release a new song and, you know, there's all types of things that innovation and creativity could could lead to. But I think at the end of the day, what we talk about with what you and I are doing, John, it's the same thing for the music people. You get on Hive, you get in a music tribe, you get in a, a tribe where people like music, you start making yourself known, you start gaining a, a following, you start to reach out, and you start to solidify yourself as one of the people, the brands on Hive, instead of trying to swim in Twitter and YouTube and Spotify and wherever else that people go to, to try to, to swim mm -hmm. where, where there's, you know, a lot of other fish. And I'm sure there's music upload sites that people can belong to where, where it's freelance music uh, creators and whatnot. But again, if you're one of 50,000, a hundred thousand in there, how are you going to really stand out? And how are you going to interact with your fans? Hive gives a, per like you were talking about with comments, if you put up a sample of your music in a tribe and somebody comments, oh, I really like that. That's cool. Well, you can respond. You can, can yeah. interact. It's like, well, yeah, you can talk to these people and, and comment back and forth right there on the blockchain. And, uh, you know, so there, there's a lot of things you can do. And then if you're integrating it, as we were saying with the last question, into your website to pull them over, you can put up, let's say, a post and say, hey, come to my website and you can, I'll give you a free download to my latest song or, you know, a, a free download or whatever, yeah. um, you know, as a way to market, you know, enter your email address and, you know, you tie it into email marketing or, or whatever the case may be. And, you know, there's a lot, a lot of things. So I don't know. I mean, too many people look at cryptocurrency and it's like we stepped into the twilight zone. You know, basic building and business building practices still apply. Right. I mean, right. just because we're in crypto doesn't mean it's just like when you went on to the, the Internet and, and your online world. Still basic business building practices from the offline world were applicable. Yep. You know, yep. you still had to do things, budget and advertising and marketing and, you know, have, have a product that people were interested in, customer service, engagement, all of that stuff.
Yep. Well, th this is nothing different. Yep. I mean, that's my two cents. And I don't know, I don't know if I went in a different direction than your conversation went in the gist of what the individual was looking for, but that's just where my mind goes with it. No, I, it was, it was bang on. I mean, I mentioned NFTs and stuff like that, but I also suggested to him to, to plug into certain communities specifically on Hive. I mean, uh, music for life has got a tribe and a token, the vibes token on Hive engine. That's basically a music community that is tailor-made for people to talk about music, to share their music. Uh, so you can plug into a community Hive specific uh, right there. So you can tap right into that. And, um, and then, yeah, like all the stuff, like you just said, Tass, it still applies. Like, it's not like you just say, okay, I'm going to create music and I'll let it be sold for crypto and I'm going to just put it there and people are going to come driving to my site to buy it because I offer it through cryptocurrency. I can, they can buy it with crypto. You still got to market. You still got to advertise. You still got to do promotion. You still got to do touring. You still got to do merchandise. You still got to do social media campaigns. You still got to do everything you were doing before you even heard the word crypto. Uh, mm -hmm. So that hasn't changed. Um, but I think that there's other opportunities with NFTs. Uh, you can do something where, see, I don't know if this technology exists yet, but something like uh, your album can have 12 songs on it and it's an NFT and every month a new song unlocks. So you get the song throughout the entire year. There's an entire year where you're on top of mind and you have your fans looking forward to the next song that gets released through an NFT on, you know, January, February, March, April, et cetera, et cetera. Something like that. I mean, I don't know if that exists yet, but that's what can potentially happen here. And, yeah. you know, just use a little bit of creativity. And yeah, it's when you add the term programmable to any of this stuff, it, it opens up basically unlimited possibilities because you just, whatever's programmed in is programmed in. And like you said, the, the smart contract tied to the NFT, or, or I guess that's the proper term, uh, you just program in that, you know, every month this changes. Yep. yep. And, you know, you, and you then just you can have... spend that entire month hyping up the song when it gets released. Maybe you do a video for it. It doesn't have to be any, you know, massive video production, but maybe you get videos, you do an AMA with your fans, you send, you get them on the mailing list, you send out contests, do like merchandise contests, hype it up so it's a big event. You can do all that through blockchain stuff so it's just, just and, and yeah and you may you may have hit the nail on the head because um oh what the hell is the name of that band they they just they 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 were uh they did nfts uh they got um, a lot of uh kings of leon kings of leon and evidently that was a, a bust uh it didn't go very well but you may you may hit the nail on the head don't look at where things are today because it, it may be technologically a little bit too early. We may not have the foundation in place for a lot of what's coming. That doesn't mean that you don't want to start thinking about this stuff for your music or your art or whatever. Yep. And it seems that art's getting a lot more attention for whatever reason than music right now. I don't know. Maybe it's just what I read or something, but mm -hmm. it, it seems like the focus is art, not as so much on music. But that doesn't mean that's going to be the case two years from now. And maybe what you just said, the technology isn't quite there. But those templates will be a dime a dozen in two or three years where people can do that with all their albums and all this other stuff. And all of a sudden, there's there's just 
all this stuff's tied together. And like you said, it's like a WordPress blog, but for musicians and in, insert your video here, insert your songs here, your MP, MP3 files here and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Click here to create a, an NFT and, you know, send it to whomever you want. Like you said, this stuff I'm sure will be commonplace in a couple of years from now. So might as well jump on board now. So. If, if two people like you and I can think up this stuff, other people are thinking it up and somebody's yeah. gonna have the resources or the skills to develop it and, and it'll be developed. Yeah, for sure. Well, there you go, man. Um, thank you everyone for the questions. Uh, it was a great session um, and, and it was a great sign off for me. So. Uh, I'll, I'll do my best. Well, we're, we're going to work, you know, no, no matter where I am in Canada on Tuesday next week, whether it's Northern Ontario with the moose or I'm in the plains of Manitoba and Saskatchewan, um, we will definitely do Cryptomaniacs next week. But um, thank you guys for, for tuning in. Um, have a great weekend task. Uh, take care, man. And um, we'll see everybody uh, next week on Tuesday. Hope this was a value. Toodles. Ciao. Thanks for listening to the Cryptomaniacs podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show and look forward to hanging out with you again next week. 